0: Great stuff to ponder when the words just focus on who God is and our worship of Him. The sound still resonates in my brain. The snap, the harsh snap of metal, first twisting, then snapping completely off. I was a bush pilot in New Guinea there to help the missionaries and reach the unreached peoples of that area. And I had just crashed an airplane. We had landed on the little airstrip. It was just grass and it had rained heavily and it was slick. And we just slid down that little airstrip into the ditch and snap. Just resonated throughout the aircraft through my brain and into my, my soul. As we scrambled out of the airplane, we saw the, the damage Uh, The the landing gear ripped out from underneath it. The wing hitting the ground because of that. And my great desire to want to serve God with my gifts. I'd been training. I was a, a commercial pilot and I'd trained others to fly. I was a mechanic. And I was there going into this area of the world where it's just swampy. There's no roads. It's hot and humid every day. And by aircraft, we could help missionaries and people from the local church travel to different areas to share the gospel. And all of a sudden, I just set the program back thousands of dollars, and it took six months to get the parts in from the states and to get the aircraft fixed. Uh, It was not a happy memory. It still isn't. But it made me go back and say, why? Why? Why would I be doing that? Why not serve the God, serve God in, in a place where I knew, in a culture that I knew, in a language that I knew? Why not serve God where? in a place where the runways are made of asphalt, where you can get braking, where you can get weather reports ahead of time? And so the, the whole question of why, why are we there, it took me back to, to the big question for all of us and something that really motivated me in the process is, what's it going to take to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, as a Christian, I believe that there is a God. There's a loving God and he reaches out and wants to draw all of us into a relationship with him and and we're rebellious. And mankind has always been individual, rebellious and has turned their back and God even went to the great lengths to send his son. And his son came and lived among us and in this dirty world of brokenness and sin. Jesus Christ lived and then he he gave up his life. He surrendered his life for you and me. He died on the cross. He rose again. And if only we will choose to follow him, then we can have that relationship back with God the way it was meant to be. We can be who we are created to be. But and it's because of believing that message of growing up in a church like this that I heard all the time about how necessary Jesus was to a relationship with God. That's what compelled me to go. That's what compelled my wife and I to go to this hot area, swampy area, right on the equator and live with very little accoutrements of the world, but in order to serve God. It was a difficult time, but it's also a great time just knowing that we had done some research. What's it going to take? To reach the ends of the earth, and it's going to and it's going to take people going out and people sharing the gospel. This morning we have a, uh, a great privilege to have Kevin and Jan Bradford visiting. Can you wave your hands, Kevin and Jan? They're working in Bible translation in Cameroon. Um, they're living it out. Thank you, and your kids, Joshua and Caleb. Uh, it, it's not easy to say goodbye to family here. To live in an area where you don't have the support. So why would somebody do that? Because of our love relationship with God through Jesus Christ. God wants us to love him. Jesus said if you love me follow my commandments. Be obedient. One of those is to share the gospel everywhere you go. Even to the ends of the earth. And there's places that still have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the Bradfords know, many, many hundreds of languages just in Cameroon, West Africa, that still don't have the Bible in their language. Man, this great revelation from God and they don't know about it. What is it going to take to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, I'm going to start out with the the, the big answer, the real answer, the bottom line to all of this. It's going to take the church. You know what? And this is a big risk going out. People say, wasn't there a better way? Can't we just send money or can't we visit once in a while? There are places, there are people groups with hundreds of thousands with the Bible, not in their language, and no local church. Somebody needs to go, and it's going to take a church. And why not Olive Branch? This is what a healthy church does, and we're celebrating Mission Sunday this morning. As we send out two couples to Africa, one couple leaves tomorrow, the other Tuesday, to go to New York City. They'll be living in New York City for a year among in a Muslim neighborhood an African Muslim neighborhood and they'll be getting training and they'll be able to share the gospel and learn and be better prepared when they go to southern Africa well they'll have to learn two languages and the culture why because of the amazing story of Jesus Christ that must be shared is it going to be is there going to be a cost absolutely does God promise uh, the, the pilots that go that you won't have any accidents? No. Does he promise us success? No. Now we need to train and be ready. But leave the results up to him. It's up to us to be faithful. As a church... This church stepped forward about five years ago, and they followed this model. Let me read to you what uh, happened in Acts in the early church. While they were worshiping the Lord, the church, and it specifically names the elders of that church, there were five of them, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This going out to the ends of the earth is not specifically for individuals. It's not for people to come up and say, I'm going, goodbye. This is for the church to get behind as people feel God stirring their hearts. If they get experience in different ministries, as elders and others encourage people to step out in their gifting and step out of their comfort and serve God in greater ways. This is where the church gets involved. About five years ago, the church olive branch leadership said, you know what? We could do so much more to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel. There's plenty of needs here. But you know what's cool? About 90%, over 90% of olive branchers live right here and reach right here. We have a bunch of ambassadors for Christ right here to go out into this area, which has resources, which has the Bible in their language. Still needs, but we cannot wait till a hundred percent of the people here are Christians before we obey God's command to go to the ends of the earth. We must follow Him, and as a church, come around what what God is saying to our leadership. And our leadership five years ago said, "We want to plant a church among an unreached people group." This is scary. This is risky. This is costly. And so they wrote letters and they contacted and communicated with a bunch of people. And now today, we're celebrating, celebrating two of those couples that are stepping out. Many of you know Christine McMillan. She was over in Cameroon for a year because of Boko Haram coming in. She came back. She is now uh, pursuing a relationship with a young man. And as that relationship continues, they both plan to join the team in Southern Africa in the future. But today we're sending out these two couples who were simply obedient. They just said, you know what? If the church leadership says they want us to step forward, we'll take a step. So they went through the training, they went through the screening by world team, they went on a vision trip over to Southern Africa, actually uh, uh, Central Africa, just to see the culture, to see the needs, and for them to make their own decision. This isn't just the elders saying, you must go, the elders didn't say that. They said, we want you to go. But make that relationship, that make that decision in relationship here. So we've prayed with them. We've struggled and ached with them. And these two couples have made the decision to step on out and head to Southern Africa. So at the end of the service, we're going to be gathering around them as a church. And praying for them and lifting them up. Because this involves all of us. And it reminds me, I used to... And I probably still do sometimes pick up my Bible and say, okay, God, what do you have for me? Or, okay, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to do here? And this verse reminds me that the Bible wasn't written to me individually. The Bible was written to the church, to God's family, right? We serve as a body, different gifts. We do different ministries. We work together. But here in Ephesians 3.10, Ephesians, a book written not to individuals, but to a local body of believers. They say, through the, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The emphasis, not on individuals having their own decision or running off and doing their own thing, but the church Gathering together and growing. It's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the ends of the earth. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, he was talking to the church. The church leadership, the church body, and together, that is our burden, that is our responsibility, It's not about the few people who go alone. Yes, they are stepping out there taking greater risks, greater sacrifices. But it's about all of us getting behind what God is doing in and through this local church. Now, I'm not saying that forget yourself, just engross yourself in the local church here. We are all unique. We all have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But the problem is we come to God as individuals. We come from a country that prizes itself on pulling himself up by its own bootstraps. Even though we don't wear bootstraps anymore. And I really don't know what that means. But I do know it means that we're individuals and I'll do it myself. And the Bible says, no. Do it in community. Do it as a body of Christ that the Romans talks about. We just threw, went through Romans 12 not too long ago. The body of Christ working together. And, and people say, well, yeah, I'm part of the body, but I'm kind of doing okay. And Kevin, sometimes you push me and you want me to do other things. And you know what? God loves me right where I am. I say, Well, yes, that, that's true. God loves you right where you are. But he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to grow, don't plateau, keep reading, studying and reaching out using your gifts and expend your energy and your life and your passion. Pull yourself out for this great God of the universe who desires to draw you to himself and through that to be his spokesperson to a broken and needy world. It reminds me, especially in the old American individualism, it's just me. It's often hard to function as a church because we're so individualistic. And it reminds me of a, a, a sermon, a, a talk I heard, and then I read a little book. There actually is a book called "Dog and Cat Theology." Has anybody ever read or heard about dog and cat theology? Uh, our missionaries over here, where'd to go! A few others. <laughs> Well, okay, you have to stretch things a little bit, so just play along. I'm going to tick off a good number of you, but I'm glad you're sitting down. And this is church. You won't throw anything at me. But let me just paint a picture of a dog. For those of you who have dogs, if you're gone all day long, the dog's been in the house, you open the door, what is very likely to happen the dog will see you and run to you. The dog will be very excited. Likely jump around. My bark might lick you and follow you around for the first little bit. Why? Well, dogs are known for very, being very loyal. Okay, here's where I'm going to speculate a little bit. So just hang with me. What is the dog thinking? Well, likely the dog is thinking, wow, Here is this special person. This special person feeds me. This special person grooms me. This special person gets me toys and plays catch. And I never get tired of playing catch. This person has brought me in as part of the family. This person is special. The dog's thinking, this is my master. This must be God. So the dog follows you around. Dog wants to be near you. The dog just runs to you and wants to be part of that presence of being with their master, their God. All right, I'm going to tick off some of you cat lovers. But for whatever reason, you have cats. I don't get it. Maybe you were dropped as a child. But okay, if you're gone from work, gone at work, and you have a cat in the house, and you come in after a long day, and you open the door, and the cat sees you, What's the cat likely to do? Nothing Nothing, or get up and go the other way or wait for you to do something. What is the cat thinking? I know you don't know. That's why I'm paid the big bucks to tell you. (laughs) Very similar to the dog. The cat's thinking, wow, here's this special person that feeds me, that grooms me, that gives me those funky little sweaters at Christmas that I don't know what's going on. They've made me part of the family. The cat's thinking, wow, all these gifts, I must be special. I must be God. (laughs) You cat lovers know I'm right, don't you? (laughs) So when you come in the door and the cat just sits there or turns the other way, it's saying, I need more. What's more for me? How does that fit us as Christians? God wants us to be dogs, to be loyal, to be looking at him, to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And yes, times are going to be tough, but let's look to God who loves us unconditionally. Meanwhile, in the morning, we start the day off as cats. We say, okay, God, are you going to fix my day for me? Because I'm special. So you need to do something to make things right. And we open the Bible as cats. And we say, okay, God, what do you have for me? You know, because you're all about me and I'm kind of special. So fix things and make things happen. I'm going to read scripture and you're going to speak right to me and to me only because of who I am and because how special I am. Now, I'm not saying that we're not special. I'm not saying that we don't have individual relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And there is kind of a, a, a merger between the cats and dogs that there, there is that special time. God does love us. God does pursue us. But that's God's perspective. What is our perspective? To be a dog. Have that dog perspective. To follow him. To when we sing songs. It's not where we read or we gather. God fix my life. Or fix my spouse. Or fix the people at work. It's God how can I be your minister? How can I be your ambassador in a broken world? Because God, you are worth it. You know, this whole idea of missions, people say, well, sending people over to Africa, there's got to be a better way. Well, if there is, let's talk about it. I've read lots of missiological books. And though the role of the American missionary is changing, I haven't read one that says we should stop sending. We need to be sending. And our role in finding churches, since there aren't any local churches among unreached people groups, let's go a little further in that country or neighboring countries. What can we do to train them and send them with us to help them in, in this endeavor? But let's not shirk our responsibility in this process. Some churches say, well, it's, uh, you know, it's cheaper just to, to, to send a short-term team over there. If we don't speak the language, and if there's nobody there to follow up, that's not going to do it. We need to be sending short-termers with a long-term plan. And if there are areas where the gospel isn't known, our hearts should break. Because this is the role of the church, to take responsibility to reach the ends of the world. Next, it's going to take a vision What are we going to do? I shared about the vision of the elder saying... We need to plant a church. And then there's sort of a plan from that. How do we do that? The elders of Olive Branch connected with a mission agency world team. And said help us in this training. In the choosing. In the screening. Help us to place the team where there are missionaries that can uh, guide them along. When our team goes to southern Africa after the year of training in New York City. They'll be with an older godly couple. Who have been in Africa for 25 plus years. Who can kind of mentor our team in the process. But these questions up here in Romans are pretty straightforward. How are they, the people out there, people who haven't heard. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And I'll help you out. The answers are they can't, they can't, and they can't. Um pretty straightforward it takes people to go who are we as a church we're to look how do we get involved who is it that should go all of us need to step forward and be involved now we're going to have the browns and the bearentos come up here at the end and we're going to pray for them and some of you're saying them i know them i've worked with them they're not perfect you're right God uses imperfect vessels for his glory because it's not about us as cats saying God give me a ministry where I'll look good where I'll be this great success. We need to come to God as dogs and say where are your needs? How can you use me? When I chose to follow Christ I died to my own comforts, my own desires and I have said here am I Lord, send me. That's part of that vision where we need to have I spoke here in January as we sent out uh, the McCollum's to Southeast Asia. By the way, on this coming Friday night, what we call Second Fridays, we'll be meeting in the kids block right over here. You're all invited from 7 to 9. We're going to Skype in the McCollum's and they're going to share what's going on in Southeast Asia, what are their struggles, what's it like learning the language because this is what the church does. We are involved in what they're doing. We're behind them. And as they're reaching out, they're reaching people that can't hear unless somebody goes and tells them about Jesus Christ. But the McCollums aren't perfect either. But we're sending them out because this is about God's glory. And they stepped forward and said, how can I be used? Because a great big question we started off with, what is it going to take to reach the ends of the world with world Jesus Christ? As we sent the McCollum's out, we talked about the danger for a church as we gather, as we are comfortable together as Christians, as we learn and study and we we understand our own brokenness and we see the brokenness around us. It's easy to become focused on ourselves. And it's easy to come to church with a cruise ship mentality. Now, I love cruises. I'm going on one with my lovely wife in a few months because they pamper you. You don't have to do much. You can pick and choose whatever you'd like. While that's comfortable for a few days and it's nice in church to come together and get comfortable and pick and choose what you want to learn and where you want to be involved. May this never become a cruise ship. We were sent on a mission, that mission that God sent Jesus. Jesus said, it's up to you. You are now my witnesses, Go and make disciples of all nations. We should have more of a battleship mentality as opposed to a cruise ship mentality. We gather together and learn and grow so that we can be a greater blessing to a hurting world around us. And that takes me to my third point. Not only is it going to take a church, not only is it going to take a vision, it's going to take that mindset. That battleship mindset. That it's not about me as a cat. God does meet our needs. But more so me having that dog perspective. Saying here I am Lord. How can you possibly use me to reach a hurting world? Lord I'm so imperfect. I I sin. I, I don't have these gifts in these areas. And as I try to lead ministries. I've hurt people in the process. And it's so easy to want to back on out. But it's not about us. It's about a mindset that there's a world out there. There's people that have never heard the gospel 2,000 years after Jesus came. The church has not fulfilled its duty to going to the ends of the earth. May we play a great role in that process. A verse I've shared before and I'll continue to share, part of that mindset is therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. That should be exhilarating, that the God of the universe, once you have made a decision to follow Christ, said, you're my ambassador. You've been lifted up. I put some little quotes in the bulletin there about what it's like to get commissioned by an earthly king. You could look at those, but you've been commissioned by the heavenly king. Is that exciting? Is that awesome? It's also a responsibility. We get on that battleship because people haven't heard. And we need to do what it takes to reach the ends of the earth. Is it worth it? Just sending these two couples a church budget getting behind them significantly. Many of you individually, on top of that, getting behind them so they can go. The cost of their health insurance that covers them when they're over here, when they come back every three or four years for a visit, all that is really expensive. What's it gonna take to reach the ends of the earth? Olive Branch getting behind this ministry and sending people. And the question isn't, is it worth it? The question is, is he worthy? Is God worthy? Does our love relationship with him, does our obedience to his word compel us to do whatever it takes to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel? Nathan Hale in the Revolutionary War enlisted as a young man, And then when George Washington said, we need to slip behind enemy lines into New York City, he says, I'll do it. And he was caught. As they brought him up for some of his last words, Nathan Hale said, I only regret that I have but one life to give for my country. That was a man for a new country. That was in the Revolutionary War. Where is that mindset of us? We come out often as cats. God, give me a, 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 a ministry that's comfortable. Put me in a place where I'm close to family and friends. And we can still have our vacation. None of those are bad things. But where are we as dogs that say, that perspective that said, it's all about our master. It's not about me. And I don't want to die regretting That I didn't give my life completely and wholly to God through Jesus Christ. What's it going to take to reach the ends of the earth? All of us following Jesus. Understanding daily what it means to set set aside our own goals and dreams. And follow him and partner with a local church in the process. People often say, well I could never do that. Let your elders and leaders be the judge of that. You are not to completely assess your gifts and where you best fit. In serving God, it's more about our availability than it is our ability. Are we willing to step out and say, here am I, Lord. Send me because I don't want to regret not playing a great role in reaching the ends of the earth for Jesus Christ. I, uh, I get teary when I talk about this passage in Acts 5. We're not going to look at it because I'd spend the rest of the morning and the afternoon there. Because it's a mindset I don't have. I just cannot grasp these new disciples going out and sharing about this new idea called Christianity and following Jesus and they're told, stop doing that. And they're thrown in jail and they get on out and they're caught again. And the leaders, the, the spiritual leaders, are wrestling with that. And at the end of Acts chapter 5, they bring the disciples in front of them. And they say, You can go, but don't you talk about Jesus anymore. And then they beat them and they whipped them. And the disciples left there. Praising God that they were worthy to suffer for his name. That is not a cat perspective. That someone said, what's it going to take to reach the world? If somebody's sharing about Jesus. And the next verse said, they went out talking about Jesus. What's going to happen? They're going to get beaten again. But what's it going to take to reach the ends of the, world? the earth? All of us understanding our role as ambassadors for him. And I pray someday I have that perspective for myself. Now, some people say, well, Kevin, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know if talking about Jesus is kind of uncomfortable. All right, that's cool. Except, wait, you just told me about this great vacation you went on. You're all excited about it and told me how cool it was and how how everybody should do that. And then you told me about the car you bought and how cool it was. You like that model and make and where you bought it. They were really nice. Why can't you talk about the savior of the world with that same excitement to a world who needs to hear that news more than they need to hear about your vacation and your car? I think with this mindset, all of us should be saying to the elders and the leaders, here am I. I want to play the greatest role possible in reaching the ends of the earth. Now, some of us can't go. But don't self-exclude. Talk to your leadership. Say, I don't think I can go, but am I just being selfish? Am I seeking my comfort? What do you think? Let's wrestle through as a church, as a community. But some of us can't go. For those who can't go, how do you get involved? Get involved globally. Pray for these that we're sending, for the McCollums over in Southeast Asia, for these uh, two couples, the berrientos and the Browns. Get their prayer card. Put it up there. Talk about this in your ministry. Talk about this with your family. Pray for them when you thank the Lord for your food. As they, they say no to a lot of really cool things. They make great risk and sacrifice in stepping out. And you know, in this old risk and sacrifice, God doesn't guarantee us success. Doesn't guarantee us comfort. You know, one of those things, when my wife and I lived in the jungle, I had a couple pair of pants that I'd use when I had to fly out to town. Occasionally flew Indonesian dignitaries. So I went on the shelf and grabbed one of the pair of jeans we'd brought from the States, because you can't get them there, and uh, pulled them off the shelf one day to put them on. They were uh, a brand new pair of jeans when I first uh, got them there. And uh, unfortunately, any ideas for somebody who wasn't in the first service what might have got this? Termites, tiny little white termites crawled up and they were eating everything in our house. A few nights later, my wife and I had brought some games so we went to play Scrabble. So we got the little plastic pieces and the plastic holder and we looked and the board was completely gone. That cardboard board, 100% completely gone by termites. It may not sound like a big deal, but when you're far away from family... You're looking for some kind of comfort, a a pair of jeans, a, a game, you know. But this is so small when you're looking at this great big picture of a great big God who loves this hurting world and wants to use us. So get involved, support people, pray for them, understand what they might be going through. People say, well, how do I encourage them? Read about Southern Africa Understand the history. Understand the culture so you can get behind them. So give. Both these couples could still use some more supporters at $30 a month, $50 a month. Talk to them. But you know what? Once you start supporting them individually, you, you're more committed. I remember, those people I support, I remember to pray for them far more often. Because I see that money going and it reminds me of my involvement. I mentioned our gatherings every second Friday of the month. Over in the kids block from 7 to 9. We're talking about we're getting an update from what God is doing through our church globally and locally. And then we're gathering and saying what's it going to take? We're starting a ministry to international students. God's bringing some unreached people groups here to study in Riverside. Here's a ministry that takes maybe two hours a month to meet with some international students that are here. What an opportunity to have someone in your home who may, not, who may be here studying for four years and never get into an American home. What a blessing to bring in a student and share about what it means to be a Christian in this nation. International students, you can learn more about it on on Second Fridays. You can also get involved locally. We had a wonderful announcement this morning from my daughter Kelsey on that ministry to sidekicks. Thank you, dear, for putting yourself out there. Simple ministry. Helping people with disabilities just come along inside and help making a new friend. What a great opportunity. People say, "Well, I just can't go. I don't know. We're having this ministry match class coming up. Get involved in what what God's doing in this church. You want some guidance, you want some direction, connect with God, what God's doing here. We aren't here to pick and choose. Well, I like this ministry and I like that one. This is what God's doing through our church. May our hearts break. For those who have never heard the gospel. May our hearts break. For those who are hurting around us. Let's as a church a brainstorm. And gather on second Fridays. Or whenever. And say what's it going to take. To reach the ends of the earth. With the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father thank you for this. This time where we looked at. The, the big picture of your word. Understanding that you are. And have always been ascending God you sent out Abram you sent out the Israelites you sent out prophets to share your word you sent Jesus you sent the disciples and God we're just to understand that though you love us you're not all about us that it's we who need to be all about you God correct us when that cat theology starts to resonate in our minds and hearts And we are hurting, God. We do need you. We are imperfect. We wrestle with things. But may we also realize it because you're such a great and awesome God, that you can use broken ambassadors like us for your glory in great ways. God, help each of us to peel away some of those layers and make ourselves more available to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.